This is a continuation of a story I posted on entitled Parents. Here's a quick summary. On two previous occasions, I had picked up a lady that was hitchhiking with her kids. The lady was a con artist, and not a very good one, and had trained her kids to be a part of her con with scripted dialogue. The story happened about two years ago, after I had forced her to get out of my car outside of a police station. On the day in question, I was driving alone. I was nearing a traffic circle in my hometown when two young ladies jumped in front of my car, forcing me to stop. The two young ladies claimed that some guy was chasing them and they needed to get away from there. I live in South Africa, a country known best for its crime. This also happened around the time that my hometown had a serial rapist going around targeting young women and I just happened to be in the same area that the last attack had occurred. Overall, I didn't think twice about unlocking the car and letting them in. The two girls looked around the same age, with one being very slim and the other leaning more towards the larger variety. The skinny one got in the front seat and the bigger one in the back. The one in the front was called Jen and the one in the back, Kira. I asked them if I should drive them to the police station, but they said no and asked me to drive them into town. Apparently, their boyfriends would meet them there. Jen hasn't said a word since getting in. I was driving in the town's direction when the following dialogue occurred between them. Like in my previous post, all the dialogue has been translated from Afrikaans. Jen Friend, I don't want to sleep on the street tonight. Kira I know, but don't worry. God will provide us a miracle. Jen But where would that miracle come from? Kira Maybe he already sent it. This would have sounded like an obvious ploy. They'd ignore it and simply try to get the girls out of their car. To me though, this meant something more. You see, the moment that Jen had spoken for the first time, alarm bells started going off in my head. I had heard this dialogue before. Not more or less the same dialogue. The exact same dialogue. It was then that I had recognized her. She was the daughter of a female hitchhiker I picked up a few years prior. And those were the same exact words that had been spoken between her and her mother. I never mentioned the mother's name in my previous post, but she had introduced herself as Nastasha. I continued driving, but cut their conversation short. So, how's Nastasha? Kira, obviously taken aback by my question. Who, who, who's Nastasha? You know, Jen's mother, Nastasha. Jen was completely silent again. Kira said, no, she's not Jen's mother. Really, that's interesting. And you don't know her at all? Kira. No, I mean yes. I mean, we do know her, but we don't know her. Jen started sobbing. Won't you please help us? We're hungry and we can't afford food. I looked at Kira and wanted to make a snarky remark, but decided that was beneath me. Kira had now started up too and was also trying to fake cry. Jen was a much better actress. Some dialogue ensued with them asking for money and me refusing. I don't remember the exact line exchange. Eventually, I softened up and took them to McDonald's drive-thru. They both ordered the most expensive meals they could see on the menu, and I paid in cash. Stupid mistake. As we were waiting in the drive-thru, again, this is South Africa, so this usually does take a while. Kira asked if she could borrow my phone and sent a text to her boyfriend to say that they'll be there soon. I sighed but handed her my phone. The food eventually came and we continued driving. 
I was getting pretty uncomfortable and wanted them to get out of my car. Then they started asking me for money again and more of the same dialogue ensued. Next thing I knew, Kira started to seductively massage my shoulders from behind. Her voice had softened and she was talking in a seductive tone. I pulled the car to an abrupt stop and told her, still polite but firmly, please get your hands off me. Kira didn't listen and started moving her hands down lower. I repeated, I said, I was cut off by Jenna saying, listen to him Kira. He said no. Kira obliged and took her hands off me and gave me my phone back. Why do you still have it? Kira protested for a moment, but then handed it back quickly. I looked around for my wallet. It was no longer where I had put it. Where's my wallet? We don't have your wallet. I put it right next to me. It's no longer there. Where is it? We didn't steal your wallet. I'm gonna count to 10. And then what? You're gonna take it from us? Two young girls alone in the car with you after we were almost just assaulted? Who's gonna believe you over us? I was silent for a few seconds, considering my options. Strangely enough, they were right. The scales were not tipped in my favor here. I told them to just get out of my car. Kira protested, but Jen quickly obliged and made Kira follow. I sped off as quickly as I could, livid. I got home, still blazing, and took a while to cool off. Later that evening, curiosity got the better of me, and I took out my cell phone. Going into my sent items, the following text is what she had sent. Sent item number one. We have one. We're bringing him to you now. Sent item two. Almost there. Whatever the sender had replied, she had been smart enough to delete it, but obviously forgot about the sent items. To this day, I still wonder what would have happened if I'd driven them all the way to where they asked to be dropped off, and I don't really know. Oh, and I eventually found my wallet under my car seat. All of the cash was gone, of course. I was on a hitchhiking adventure from BC, Canada, to Antigua, Guatemala, which started in September 2019. This post is taken from notes in my journal, which I also wrote as soon as I could after this insane experience. If you've ever hitchhiked before, you know how amazing it is and how many cool people you can meet. Out of a thousand of rides across 40 countries, I've only had two bad or dangerous encounters thumbing it. This was my second one. I was taking a break from traveling to find weed trim work in California's Nevada City, a beautiful little town with a very interesting crowd, but got stuck a few towns over for not getting a ride all day. I ended up sleeping at night at the Love's gas station, which I've done plenty of times before. I've slept in worse places, at least Love's has a bathroom. In the morning, I was a little more desperate to accept rides because no one was stopping and it had already been a whole day. I just wanted to get out of there. A pickup was speeding past me and slams on its brakes, then slowly backs up. Inside, a man and a woman in their late 50s, and he says in a husky voice, Where you headed, boy? Nevada City. Any distance helps. Well, get in. We're going to Yuba. They seemed normal enough, even without most of their teeth and hair, so I jumped in. It all happened in rapid succession. One, I toss my bag in the back and jump in. Two, I shut the door. Three, I notice a pile of guns and bullets on the floor. Four, 
Before I have time to rethink my decision, we speed off. So I'm trying to assess whether or not I'm in danger. And they start telling me how this guy just got out of jail for aggravated assault and how he beat that motherfucker so bad he can't think straight no more. And they both laugh. She was holding her seatbelt over her chest. They both smelled like shit and they started asking how much money I have. I think, yep, I'm not safe here. After hitchhiking all this way, I don't look particularly wealthy. I'm filthy. I need a shower. I look no different than the stereotypical homeless guy. So I try to seem more poor than I am. I'm broke as fuck, man. That's why I'm trying to go to the city. I'm hoping to make some cash trimming. The man looks me in the eye. Well, you'll find it all right. You'll find it good. Don't be afraid to do no dirty work. If people try, and they'll try to fuck you, you fuck them first. You get what I'm saying? Put your eyes on the damn road, Jesus Christ! The woman points forward and he swears back into the right lane. He asked me if I smoke, and knowing that California has legalized weed, I put two and two together. He's offering me a joint, so I say, yeah, I smoke. With a wild look in his eyes, he exclaims, great, and we turn off the highway and start down a dirt road. I'm more than worried, and I look behind us. In the back of the truck is my bag, a chainsaw, pickaxe, and a plastic tarp over something. Didn't help my anxiety. Finally, we stop from the front of the clearing. The woman takes out, not a joint, but a meth pipe. It's the first time I've ever seen a meth pipe, and a lot of things start to make sense. When he lights up and exhales into the car, I've never seen smoke so white. I roll down my window as fast as possible because I don't want to smoke that shit. The woman takes some as well and they try to tell me how they were going to collect money that a woman owed them. That damn bitch is going to pay today, one way or another. Damn straight. She better have that money. I'm going to grab her and say, where's my money, bitch? Oh, she'll have it all right. She'll have it or else. Say, son, you ever steal something? Because we could make $20,000 today. I don't know exactly how to answer this guy, and he repeats, $20,000 today. Here, smoke some of this, and hands me the pipe. Nothing like meth, ain't that right? I gently reject it and say that meth's not really my thing, which he surprisingly takes well and smokes some more before he puts it away and drives back towards the highway. His driving is terrible, swerving, speeding, hitting the brakes abruptly, and starts trying to convince me to help him steal marijuana plants. You'll hold the gun, and I'll drill the hole, and I'll keep a lookout. Yeah, baby girl will keep a look. Now you gotta be careful if you hear any dogs, because them bitches are nasty. Nasty. See this bite? And he reveals what looks like a terrible scar on his arm. I didn't really know how to get out of the situation, so I sounded as confident as possible and said that I was meeting a friend to look for work together and they will be expecting me today. We neared the end of Yuba City and they pulled over to the side. Well, it's your funeral. You don't want to eat? Fine by me. But if you ever want the cash, you call me. He hands me a number. Hell no, I think. Thanks, I will. Quickly retrieving my bag, smiling nervously. The woman says with a wave, Take care, God bless, and they speed off. I'm standing on the other side of the road thinking, What the hell was that? Just happy to be out of that car. Meth heads 1 and 2. 
Thanks for the offer to steal marijuana plants, but let's never, ever meet again. Not too scary, and nothing bad happened, but I think it could have. This was last June, just before I turned 18. Me and my friends went on a surfing holiday to the English town of Cornwall. We decided to go to a place called the Eden Project, which was a massive indoor rainforest, but it was quite far away. We got a bus, which dropped us off 5 miles away, and planned to walk the rest. We ended up getting lost, and to make matters worse, it started pouring like heavy rain, and we were stuck in the middle of the English countryside. We decided to see if anyone on the road would give us a lift, so we did the usual stick your thumb out hitchhiker thing. A few cars went by until a truck stopped. It was two very big grown men that looked a good few years older than us. We felt a little uneasy when we saw them, since we were four young looking girls, but I went to their window to talk to them anyway. The guys looked me up and down in a very creepy way, and I asked if they were going to the Eden Project. They said that they were going wherever we were, and that we should get in their truck. At this point, I was slightly freaked out and noticed the open beer cans sitting in their cup holders. I politely said no thank you, and that they should carry on, and we would find another car. Driver hesitated and looked me up and down again, before speeding off. I was a little freaked out after that, but we ended up getting a lift off some nice elderly Americans in a minivan, so it turned out alright in the end. I'm glad none of us got in the truck with them though. This happened on the same hitchhiking journey I mentioned in one of my previous stories. It was dark out and pretty late. A trucker pulled up. We discussed beforehand that we would take turns sleeping so that we wouldn't be caught off guard by anything. This trucker seemed a bit off emotionally. He shared how his wife had died. He never shared how, and we never asked. I was uncomfortable with the topic. He had the same song playing on a constant loop throughout the entire drive. I wonder if the song reminded him of his wife, and I'm sure it must have, as it was a love song. Funny how one of my other creepy hitchhiking experience involved a man with an entire tape on continuous loop. Go figure. So I was pretty tired and went to rest in the back while my friend stayed awake and kept conversation with a trucker. I must have not been sleeping for terribly long when I awoke to my friend's voice yelling at me to get up and that we were getting out. I had a sense that if I hadn't gotten up and out quickly, I wasn't going to be getting out. I hurried and hopped up into the pouring rain right on the freeway. He left us there and sped off. Apparently, she had dozed off and awoke to his hand up her dress. I have no idea whether the man would have harmed us, and I'm sure the story would have gotten a whole lot creepier. Either way, thank God we made it out of there in one piece. 